Thanks for joining us for another intriguing edition of the Stack Pack. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. Hello, welcome to the Stack Pack. Uh, I'm uh, David Howell, joined by Mr. Rogue Dan, as always. And uh, also with us is uh, Stan, Staten Island's finest, uh, Dan Derwin. Uh, Stan. Yeah, how's it going, guys? <laughs> Staten Island Stan. Staten Island Stan. Yeah, you should just change it, yeah. Staten Island yeah. Dan kind of works too. That's fine. Yeah, yeah Stan too. But uh, <laughs> good, good to be here again. Of course. Yeah, um, we're having a good time today. Um, we all have some. Uh, are you drinking a beer? Or what are you drinking? I have a twenty-four ounce White Claw. Oh, okay. That I bought at a gas station. Nice. So I don't know where this puts me in the pecking order of human beings, but <laughs> hey, there's no claws when you're drinking claws. <laughs> Fortunately, my name is Stan, and not Dan. So that's good. Yeah, Staten Island Stan. I can drink this uh, uh, anonymously. It's like an alter ego now. Yeah, drinking gas station white claws. But honestly, there's way worse stuff you can get at a gas station, like a uh, uh, twisted tea, like gas. hurricane. Yeah, in this economy, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like a hurricane or like a twisted tea oh, or let's, let's get twisted, like a Mike's hard lemonade. I feel actually like- the gas station near my house has a Burger King inside, which is. Very interesting. Ooh, that could be dangerous. Dude, right? So you can get 20 gallons of fuel, uh, a 24-ounce White Claw, and Fucking BK uh, stackers. chicken sticks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chicken fries, and the, they brought that BK Stacker bag. Chicken tech- fries, that's what it's called. I got to yeah. go destroy my, my butthole um, on one of those <laughs> that, with that weird sauce. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, they usually sell all that stuff, and nine times out of ten, the bathroom's <laughs> always locked. So I think, I think they know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And on and on and on. I'd like to do a paint job. <laughs> I did yeah. an absolute paint job. <laughs> uh, I would like to paint your walls brown. Yeah, just went absolutely Jackson Pollock in that restroom. Uh, but you sold me the B- BK stackers, so I blame you, sixteen-year-old uh, Burger King employee. <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, that's fucked. I was listening to my favorite murders where people uh, the, the mini sodes when people call in and tell stories and they always have stories of um, teenagers being left in charge and it's when it's just shouldn't that should just not have been <laughs> like there was there's there's a story about a like a blockbuster catching on fire and just nobody would pay attention to the teenager saying like get out of <laughs> I mean uh, I mean and that was always the case too like when I was younger I worked at that music store coconuts it's a national it was a national chain uh, I'm not sure if you guys had one over there. But um, it was run by kids. Like the like the the manager there was like twenty two years old, and like <laughs> you'd have like the corporate suit come down once in a while to like whip people into order and what's going on around here, and like the guys in the suit and tie, and you're like, dude, you're fucking like talking about kids. Like, like what are you really getting? To, what are you really gonna get done here? Nobody gives a fuck. It's kind of like <laughs> most lifeguards at public swimming pools are fucking sixteen year olds. Like, yeah. Like, what real message are you to... If I cramp you know, up and start drowning, like, this kid's going to actually save me? <laughs> this guy yeah. in a bow tie and a clipboard is going to, you know, really tell me the yeah. way it is. Yeah, 110-pound, 16-year-old's going to save our lives. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But anyway, uh, we're not talking about any 110-pound, 16-year-old. We're talking about a guy who is large and larger than life. Um, That's a good-ass uh, segue. We're talking about Buffalo Jim, uh, James Barrier, and his uh, mysterious death. Um, is it mysterious? 
Um, I think so. There's enough weirdness, but then at the same time, I'm like... There's enough weirdness, but I mean, I'm not going to say my conclusion yet, but 40% mystery, maybe 30. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's interesting things. So, uh, Buffalo, we can break it down, yeah. Buffalo Jim was a, uh, a pretty interesting character in the Las Vegas uh, scene, wrestling scene also, to be specific. He had a, like a public access wrestling show. He was a wrestling politician. Well, he tried to be. I think they don't really specify what he ran for, but it looks like he tried to run for. I office. think they said mayor, didn't they? Was yeah, uh, mayor mentioned. Right? Uh, maybe I might have missed mayor. that. That's great. I like that. Um, yeah, so he's a larger than life guy. He's got four kids. Um, um, everybody loved him. His what was his? It was a marine slash auto shop. So he fixed like boats and cars. Is that what that means? Uh, I mean, he was a general mechanic, but he could fix like cars and boats and because they like they that. keep they keep calling his place an auto marine, like yeah, auto slash marine, auto and marine. Yeah, I didn't understand that, but I guess that's what it must mean that he also worked on you know boats and boats, jets, the like. Vegas is a desert, right? There's not like an ocean in uh, Vegas. There's right? not a drop of water no. in sight. Uh, the, I, I, Land, I, beautiful country, landlocked. I it's think like a, there's like a here. subdivision of like Las Vegas that has like canals and shit. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's lakes because it's not that far from an ocean, right? It's like just you know very very over, far. State over? No, like just, ocean? No, like lakes and stuff. Sure, but the ocean is. Yeah, no, like they, they have like man-made canals to you know give you the feel of Venice in Las Vegas. Ooh, <laughs> sounds stinky. <laughs> A friend of mine always like posted videos of him and his like girlfriend cruising down the canals in their their little power boat, <laughs> sipping sipping rosé all day. Yeah, it's a desert out there. <laughs> um, and uh, Jim was king, right? Um, yeah, kind of. Let's talk a little bit more about Jim before we get into his murder. Um, the one thing you said before about the kids, there were four kids, but I feel like only two of them were prominent in this episode, right? They didn't even. Yeah, they only. Two of them weren't interviewed, and like they said that he had a good relationship with his kids, but apparently not, or can we, can that's we just, just a kind of a guess. It could just be one of those things where half of the kids are just like, all right, let's put this under yeah, the you rug. Go talk, or you, you, yeah, you go talk about it. Like yeah. you, you represent us. Yeah, or dad, you know, or they, they're, they, maybe they just think that dad, their dad passed away. I mean, we'll get into it, but yeah, the dad passed away from a cocaine overdose and nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. But yeah, so the one daughter who talks, I forget her name, but she's the uh, young, the youngest daughter. Did you get Dan's always? It wasn't Jessica. Up. It was like a- Emika just, or just some, Yeah, it was something. Your, yeah, your notes weird. don't. Don't say, didn't you, didn't you like pull up a little finger dinger? I do have good notes, just not the, the kids' names. Yeah. The daughter was the, the, uh, she was the youngest daughter who apparently lived with, uh, Jim for a while and, um, they were really close. Yeah. She was the only one that left Seattle, apparently. That's where the family was. And she lived with Jim exclusively in Vegas. Mm hmm. Yeah. So. Like we said, he's a great. Everybody loved uh, Jim, and but um, yeah, we could let's just we could talk about the drama that might have occurred before we get into the uh, death. Jerica, Jerica, oh, that's great. Yeah, there it is. Yep, Jericho was the youngest daughter, not um, to be confused with Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho. Do you think she was named after Chris Jericho because he's such a wrestling fan? Do, Could be. Do you know? Are you? Do you? Are you a wrestling person? You seem like you. I might, am not. I have like friends that are very close. To, uh, I have friends that I'm close to that love wrestling. Uh huh. Same, oh. same. Yeah. Like, I know very little about it, but I know, like, when big events are coming because they talk about them and 
I feel like I know just enough. Like I have my toe in the water. I'm not a yeah. stranger to it, but I just don't. I don't watch or listen to anything on my own time. Um, yeah, Baby Buff, aka Jerica. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, she talks about uh, Baby Buff was her nickname. She they show a clip of her uh, on one of the wrestling programs, like as a little kid, like She's beating, beating, beating up a, a grown man down with a plunger, man. Yeah, it was a, it's really funny. The and plunger. She was saying she was talking as an adult about how funny, how fun that was, and. You know, just how awesome her dad was. They also show this clip of them at like some like San Francisco like tourist attraction where it looks like they're like flying through a cart. <laughs> that was like a Tim and Eric skit. Yeah. <laughs> it did look like Tim and Eric, dude. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. It did it was it was this very nineties video. Um It was awesome. It was like they were on a flying carpet. Yeah. They were like in some little car flying over the San Francisco the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. So yeah, by all accounts, great father, good family man. Um and uh, the only drama he might have had was – so he had his wrestling school, which I believe is where he shot his show. They don't specify. And then um, and the other side was his auto marine shop. And then in the middle, a strip club opened up. Um, and they apparently wanted to expand and they wanted him out. Um, and uh, a bunch of shady fellows opened uh, – you know, they started, this place. They started fucking with him. Like, yeah, uh, they offered to move him out for like nothing. They're like, hey, we want to expand. Our strip club is popping, uh, but we're going to give you a really shitty deal. And he wasn't down to move because he wasn't going to make any money off of it. So they started fucking with him and to the point to where they would break into his shop at night and start slashing tires on cars and just basically breaking windows, yeah, yeah. creating damage that he ultimately would have to either pay out of pocket or file insurance claims on to. Mm-hmm. cover the loss and it was literally putting a strain on him and this strip club was like perfectly sandwiched between uh like dave said it was the the, the two businesses the school and the shop itself yeah it was the bread and the strip club was the meat yeah it and it always uh, is <laughs> um and it got so bad that you know all this property damage started accumulating and all that stuff um that um his lawyer talks a lot in the episode too his lawyer slash friend and they they Sued the the owner. I forget his name. Rizzolo, something like that. Rick Rick Rizzolo. <clears throat> yeah, I got that. Okay, uh, Rick Rizzolo. Or or no, uh, sorry, it's a uh, Rizzolo. Rizzolo. Um, Such a greasy name. It, it it kind of is. Yeah, I don't want to. And he had like a Ric Flair look to him too, which kind of made this whole wrestling angle very interesting. <laughs> he kind of he kind of looked like yeah, a, like a, a mix between a like a current Ric Flair and a Vince McMahon, who is you know the owner of WWE. Yeah, but still very wrestle vibes. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He he. Uh, I guess he. I don't know if the business or him and the business were sued for a million dollars by Buffalo Jim. Um, um, that might have been a reason. So he eventually gets put away, right? Um, they get him on. What what exactly did they get him on? Well, they sued him for he Buffalo Jim sued him and the company or whatever for for a million mm-hmm. just because he was losing so much money with the damages yes. and the harassment on the property that. They eventually he sued them for the million just to get some restitution in that regard, but then while uh, then in the interim he was feeding information to the FBI regarding his tax evasion, his racketeering, his shit like that. So he was just constantly like giving you know dropping breadcrumbs to the FBI about all this, and then eventually on some date I don't have written down, they went in and busted, and he went away. 
for a certain amount of time. I'm not sure. I think they said he was supposed to be like a year and a half, and he ended up spending 10 months in jail. For good behavior. Uh, I want to say it was like probably early 2005 because they lost their license in 2006. Mm-hmm. And but then they do say that he got out, and then days after is when uh, Mr. Barry or uh, Buffalo It was Jim the next dies. day. Oh, the next day, yeah. Okay. Next so, fucking day. So that's very odd, and um, – um, but as soon as he started like fighting back and he, and there's even clips of him on the news, of course, talking about how he's not going to give up and he's not going to let this strip club like edge him out and stuff. So yeah, as I have soon to as feed my kids, yeah, as soon as that starts happening, you know, um, he starts getting death threats. So his daughter, his daughters tell us about that and they pretty much say that he would laugh them off and just say, you know, watch your, just be careful. And, you know, the older daughter sort of mentions at the end of the episode, this uh, trip that they took in 1999, which would have been about, Almost 10 years before he died, a little less. Um, and she said that, like, um, what'd she say? Like, yeah, if he was to die unexpectedly, they'd make it, they would probably be, involve a woman and they would make involve it involve a like, woman in drugs. Yeah. Yes. Which is very interesting. And, um, yeah, I think that was, was a good preamble for us, uh, getting into the day of the murder, right? Yes. Oh, we don't know if it's a murder. Sorry. The day of the incident. Yeah. There you go. Do we know when he told her that? Was that like actually on the trip in like 97 or 99 or whatever? I, or I don't know. It, it was the earlier like how, part of the trip. Yeah, it was the early trip. It wasn't like the week before. It was. Yeah. But there oh. also was a week before uh, statement that he made before he died, too. There was like a, a it wasn't so specific, mm-hmm. but he did say something about uh, I might be getting set up or. Yeah. Because he I think he told the other daughter something in the same line, but not as not yeah. as detailed. Yeah, so but so he had like this was a concern for him uh, at this point. You know, he was he was definitely uh, messing with the wrong people, which sucks. You know, but Vegas is one of those towns still. And Rick Rizzolo, if I remember correctly, was not ashamed to admit that he had a lot of low down, dirty people working for him at that strip club. Oh yeah, I think even in an interview, he was just like, "Yeah, I in, I employ fucking former criminals." Yes. Yep, like, he did. Right, right. Former, you, you mean current. The Ric Flair umbrella of uh, bad workers. <laughs> so the incident happens on April 5th of 2008. Okay. So um, April 5th of 2008, he leaves his home at 7.20 p.m. It's a Saturday. He tell, he told uh, his youngest daughter, uh, who's 15 at the time, Jericho, that he'd come home around midnight. He said he was meeting some people. Um, he made no secret that he was attempting to sell his vast memorabilia collection to help um, Grubstake the purchase of a new site for his auto repair business. Grubstake. I've never heard that. Wait, word. he was looking for a new site? That's what it says here. Um, that, so I'm reading this from um, the Review Journal. This is – it's weird. Whenever you do any other research about these Unsolved Mysteries, they, it's like they leave out things that you think would be important. Yeah, because I was going to say, I don't remember hearing that in the episode, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. I could have no, missed it. No, we saw the episode twice. They don't, yeah. They don't, they talk don't mention about, that, They don't right? talk about him leaving the space where the Crazy Horse 2 was at. Um, stupid fucking name. So, yeah, I know, right? So, he was so he was selling Two. a bunch of his stuff, um, and he'd also been communicating with a life coach. Um, and apparently, he doesn't use drugs, didn't drink often, took vitamins and fish oil regularly. Um, so he doesn't come home Saturday night. His, his daughter keeps trying to call him that night. He doesn't answer. Um, and then, um, 
the in the morning she calls again, no answer. Um, and then they receive a call. The 19-year-old sister, Elsie, receives a call informing them of the father's death. And actually, Jerrica says she answers and they, the cops tell her that she needs to talk to an adult. Um, the eyewitness described the motel this way. The room was undisturbed. The bed was made. Barrier was fully clothed except for his shoes. Um, no, he was um, he was nude from the waist down. What according the to the episode. But yet, yet when they show the photograph, they show sweatpants around his ankles. Well, yeah, well, they said his pants were around his ankles, I believe. But, but he was, I mean, they said he was Exposed. nude. They said he, it, he was. Yeah, his pants were around his ankles, but he was, you know, dick out. That's so weird. So I don't even know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, he, he was like Winnie the Pooh. For lack of, yeah. lack of better words. Yeah. Dick out. <laughs> um, his doll, his wallet contained That's the white one claw speaking. <laughs> it's that gas in, station white claw. If you would have gotten that anywhere else, when in doubt, dig out. <laughs> uh, his wallet contained a folded one dollar bill. Um, although someone used his bank card to secure the room, the receipt wasn't signed. Which is weird because we see we see the we see him getting a card, but. There was a swipe before that, so maybe he paid before that. I don't know. This is just making. There was a guest swipe <laughs> seven minutes prior to him. Uh, so, well, he, the footage yeah. of him in that lobby. So we'll, we'll, a, we'll talk know. about we'll talk about well, that here in a second. I mean, I think we can okay. talk about that now, right? I mean, we we pause that. So and- yeah. So unsolved mysteries does a little screen printout of the record or key log record. And it's done in incidents. Uh, if you take a pause, it shows incident number or event number 23, which was a valid open close at f- April 5th, 2008 at 1430 by user group section one. So we're assuming section one would be, you know, housekeeping Employee. staff and all that. Especially 230 in the afternoon. Sure. So, yeah, that makes sense. The next key swipe is event number 22, valid open close new card on the same date by a guest at 2015. That's the one they say is seven minutes before they have him on video getting a card. It was swiped once and it, it opens. The next event that happens isn't until the next day at 1045 a.m., by zone one, which would be, I'm assuming housekeeping, housekeeping again. So there is no secondary swipe. Like they say, there shows a swipe 15 minutes before he booked the room, but it never shows the swipe of him entering the room. So my thinking is, is that maybe in or no, no, I'm thinking is maybe the computer system is like off. Like, you know, this is, 2008 like you know Mm. the internet isn't i mean it's there but it's not like in the global sense where everything is interconnected absolutely and talking to each other in the same time frame like is there a possibility that maybe the computer that handles the key swipes because it's off the network or off internet has a different time than what would be the cameras could, so you uh, also, think that so, it's just a time yeah, error? Yeah, I think it, that's just a human error that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the computer for that controls the key swipes of the cards is set at well, a different like, time Yeah, than like the, the clock wasn't set or some shit. Yeah, it was because... All, or, or it was just the wrong time. Because if someone entered before him, it would be his key swipe and then a key swipe before him. But it's not. It's a key swipe seven minutes before he booked the room and then the next key swipe 
is the next morning. Is the next day with the housekeeping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, someone could have led him into the room. That's very interesting. Okay. Because they presented on Unsolved Mysteries like it's a, you know, that part of it is very mysterious Mm -hmm. at face value. But that is also a valid theory. They don't show another him scanning in uh, after 822. But yeah, it could have just been some that mysterious person let them both into the room. That and is then, a possibility. And then there's coke and girls, and they just overwhelm him or whatever. They knock knock him, which is a Keanu Reeves movie that no one's seen, but it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> Ooh, it's about like these. It's a horror movie about these two girls who just come into this guy's house. His wife has gone for the weekend, and they just like fuck with him, fuck him, fuck him up, fuck him over. It's fucking. It's crazy. It's an Eli Roth movie, actually. It's an interesting flick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it could have just been something like that. And then the fact that he's all talking about um, they would they would make it look like drugs and girls. And that's how he died. But also he did have a Coke problem. And he, a big guy doing a lot of Coke. Um, well, that, really was in his, that was in his early 20s. Like he was so proud that he hadn't done drugs. Yeah, in, he, in he, didn't so ha- he didn't have a known Coke problem. But then again, you mm-hmm. know. People can say they don't do things and then actually really do things on the side. Uh, we haven't even talked about Lisa yet as well. Uh, is there anything else you guys can think of before we get into Lisa? No. Well, Lisa is very interconnected with the whole motel scene. So I think we should get right, get in on that. There's definitely uh, a person who um, they briefly mentioned was a stripper at – what the fuck is the place called, too? The Stri- Crazy Horse Crazy Horse 2. two. Yeah, two. Yeah, which is yeah. Fuck them. They suck. Too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back. The first time we hear about Lisa in the episode is um, the daughter um, looking at uh, Buffalo's call log, and he can see she can see uh, there was a voicemail from a concerned woman named Lisa saying like, "Is everything okay? Right? Are you okay?" He had a cool flip phone. Right, yeah, nice Motorola flip phone. So they call the number back. They say uh, they ask if she knows Jim Barrier, if she knows Buffalo Jim, and the lady says, "No, I don't know Buffalo Jim," and like hangs up. Essentially, obviously, that makes them suspicious. They tell the cops about this to look into this girl named Lisa. They do get a hold of Lisa, and Lisa tells them the story. Sounds exactly like what Jim Barrier was scared of. Um, they were playing some sex games. And they were, he was doing a lot of coke. He's, he was also paranoid, right? She, they say that he was kind of like freaking out. Um, and she does, he, he, he started having like convulsions. He was grabbing his chest. He laid down and she like, I guess freaked out and just left him there essentially. They also mentioned that this girl, Lisa has known him yeah. for, for quite a few years. So it, it's not like she's just like, he just met her or just picked her up. Well, I mean, he did pick her up, but I mean, it wasn't like an, a new interaction. Like they hadn't known each other for some time. They had some history. Mm-hmm. Yes. So according to her, he freaks out. He, he starts, you know, having like essentially a heart attack or something like that. And she freaks out and leaves. And then that's why she calls in the morning to check on him if he's okay, which is dirty and fucked up. If well, she, if she that's doesn't, true. she doesn't call in the morning. She calls like 30 minutes after. But like, I think they say the call is like oh. at 10.30 p.m. or something. Yeah, wherever she went straight home and then called. In her interview, she, or not, they, we don't know her interview, but what they say in Unsolved Mysteries is according to her police statement, she uh, she left she left the room, held a cab, took the cab to the 
gas station where Buffalo Jim picked her up and then went home and called him. Damn. That's yeah. dirty. What a piece of shit. If that's even if that's exactly what happened, like So what what's kind of funny at face value is the fact that he told his daughter uh the scenario that I fear the most is like some hotel room with girls and drugs involved and like if he willingly it looks like it he went to the the desk and got a he was on camera, he got a key and he was going there with some girl who apparently worked at the crazy horse too. So like he like aside from the drugs, he kind of put himself in that situation. Yeah, it does. Knowingly. It does seem kind of yeah. Like he he should have known. If that was my biggest was... fear, like you wouldn't catch me near a fucking motel six with some <laughs> stripperish woman. You right. Know? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it just wouldn't happen. Even if she had a heart of gold, she still works at the Crazy Horse too. She probably still needs money. You're still in the motel six. You know, the setting is still perfect. You know. I noticed at the end of this episode there was a disclaimer that says that they don't uh, that Motel Six um, is not culpable and nothing oh, yeah. it presents motel six having anything to do with the crime and yeah so like no like no matter what we all, <laughs> all want to stay at a motel six yeah <laughs> this makes me want to stay at one you, you know what i noticed also maybe they just don't use there's this no room. crime that takes place at a red roof inn <laughs> oh. maybe they don't use the room because <laughs> because a murder was committed but when they have um the girl go into the room that she, where she saw her father die they still had like an old box TV and stuff. Oh, yeah. and like, and that, how about let's let's talk about that old school unsolved mystery move. Like, hey, like when you were fifteen years old, you had to identify your dad's dead body in this room. Let's go relive that. Let's, let's take you back. Oh there. yeah, her going back to that room. The specific room is so it's fucked up. I, and I also, mean, I know that like if you want to get it solved, and like you know the family is trying to get shit done, then maybe the producers are like. It would really help if you're in this room and you know show some emotion and yeah, it's still just like fuck. It's fucked up. And then also, um, they take her to the house that her dad loved so much, and that wasn't easy for her as well. So he made some good yeah. money. That was a nice fucking spread. Hell yeah, it really was. This is a really cool spot, um, especially with that's the what background a mechanic of- makes, or you think that's the wrestling money? Oh man, I don't know. Damn that 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 really brings up some questions. <laughs> I have a um, lot of questions about that. And not only that, real quick, about that house. Like, when they did the recreations, like, I like how these new Unsolved Mysteries do recreations where they show a character where you know they're playing, in yes. this example, Buffalo Jim, but they don't show the face. He's got the rings, the look. Like, you just fucking know it's him grabbing his keys, his phone. Yeah. But the but but the house that they used in the recreation had, like, a, there was a fucking grotto outside, but, like, the trees were lit up. But it looked like the same house. Yeah. Did they dress up his old house for the recreation? That's the like Maybe, that's kind of like a side or, question. Or they have. just use they definitely use the outside and they got a similar car. Uh, another one of my favorite shots of the episode is, uh, yeah, they keep it blurry. They don't show you the actor's face so much. But there's a great shot of him walking out of the uh, uh, like a garage and he kind of does his little like piece. He like throws out the piece uh, sign uh-huh. with one hand. And there's a great picture of him that they show where he's just like in a long black jacket with just like one arm. Like fully up with the peace sign. So um, he was doing like the same hand and arm motions that like Buffalo Jim did. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like the actor the, was recreating it. Yeah. The, the shot of him just walking down the strip in Vegas with his crazy like bulletproof like uh, chest piece. Oh, yeah. Bulletproof cool. bullet vest. <laughs> yeah. He seemed like a cool character. Um, yeah, he seemed cool. Uh, you know, it sucks to happen to anybody, of course, but when you see a, a colorful person like that with, you know, kids that love them and he was just a community guy who had a fucking, you know, a headache from some fucking jerk off that 
everything comes into play and mm-hmm. yeah fucking lisa super mysterious i always i want to know more about her but um yeah i don't she know she declined to be interviewed for this segment uh makes sense i mean yeah they could have he could have just been an older dude who just did a lot of coke one night um but it just seems a lot of it's it's just weird that it was like the day after this guy gets out of jail yeah but i mean why would you do like there's no struggling. There, there was no residue of cocaine. Why would you? Why would you whack the guy the day after you got out of jail? Uh, why know. not do it it's like so while ballsy. you're? Yeah, like why not do it while you're in jail where you have like assault? Like, oh, he couldn't have done it. He was incarcerated. Yeah, you send the bag man. Yeah, especially this article says that he was looking for a new spot and trying to sell some stuff that he had, but also it has. Some conflicting evidence, some conflicting stuff about how the body was found. So I don't really know what to trust as far as the story. Like, I mean, obviously, it, like, you know, if you're found dead in a bed and you have residue in your nose, your beard, your shirt, like, like where, where was the coke done? Like the room was so clean. Yeah. Aside from his stuff. Yeah. Like, did he do the line clean up and then die within like, you know, half an hour of taking it i mean like, like that's possible too did he just snort it out of a bag directly like well there, there would have yeah, been a bag and, though. And, and no bag was found you yeah. know well uh, here's my other thought is like because especially how lisa has been very vague and how she just ditches like i'm thinking this scenario she uh, could have cleaned one, everything up well like i'm thinking one scenario is like you know uh buffalo jim picks her up like they're they're they they have some type of correspondence like according to uh, Jessica or Jerica or Lisa or Jerica, one of them is saying that like, uh, he was, they were meeting up to like, he was looking about buying a bike that a friend was selling. Like maybe that was like their little code word of like, Hey, like, let's go party. Let's go hook up. Yeah. I mean, they were playing you know, sex could, like, games. Yeah. That would like, make sense because that's the only time that that bike dude is mentioned. Yeah. Like maybe that was their little like keyword for like, Hey, let's have a little rendezvous to kind of like full around let's go play show more... and tell at the motel six yeah yeah, yeah they, they could have very well been banging doing a lot of drugs and then he just lays on the thing with yeah. his pants still down and just that's what i'm thinking away, is which... you know that happens they're doing a bunch of drugs she's a stripper and who, there was a phone doing a bunch of drugs the scene that didn't belong to him i oh. mean maybe that was the burner phone that he used to hook up with her or maybe that's that was exactly her burner what i thought phone. it was the burner phone yep and that, you know, she he starts going into cardiac arrest. She panics. She grabs the drugs, quickly wipes everything down, and then yeah. dips. Yeah. And also, also uh, yeah, another thing to think about it is, like, the daughters are so sure he doesn't do drugs. But, you know, you're not going to do fucking coke in front of your 15-year-old yeah. daughter. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about, is, well, I mean, I think we're going to approach it, is uh, when they go and uh, – identify the body at the crime scene the two daughters drive around the parking lot trying to find buffalo jim's rolls royce oh, and it can't be car. found yes. to the point where the police department um starts to file a missing vehicle report and then it just mysteriously turns back up in the parking lot at wiped 5 30 in the afternoon all wiped down yeah yeah no, no. fingerprints nothing found inside my my theory on this it goes back to Lisa's statement about how when she panicked, she left and took a cab. I don't think she took a cab. I think she took the car. Correct. Because, you know, she, you want to get out of there like, oh, fuck, the person you're parting with is probably ODing on drugs. You have a fuck ton of drugs on you. You're a stripper. You don't want to go to jail. You don't want to go have to deal with getting a cab. Oh, look, there's a fucking this dude's car is right here. 
It's right here. I have the keys in hand. And then Let's once go. people start asking about it, it's like, oh, fuck. Like, That's a decent theory. We got to return it, quickly wipe it down so I'm not implicated on theft of a vehicle. Yeah. Fucking Lisa. Yeah. That could be it. Or she could have been working with um, that dude and the whole thing could have been set up. Um, could have also been a setup. The other thing I don't understand is Jerrica talks about like when he was found, he was known to always carry large sums of cash. Yeah. And when he was found, he was only found with a buck, and that's a notorious mob hit. I did like a good two hour search, and I couldn't find anywhere on like Reddit or anything about that. Did not sound familiar at all to me. That whole dollar bill mob hit thing. Uh, uh, it was like, did did you watch Boondock Saints? And we're just like, oh, quarters, coins, could uh, dollar. Dollar mob hit, yeah. <laughs> but, that movie doesn't hold up well, huh? That was like a, a movie that I used to love. It was a farce. Kid. They just got lucky, and yeah, it doesn't hold up. But but like that, that was like uh, nowhere. It's kind of did douchey. I could I read it? Did I find anything about about like you know a oh, folded they- single dollar <laughs> being like a a calling card of the mafia? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like ha, I got you. Like i did read a very colorful article of a hitman that talked about his like 10 rules on hitting a person and uh rule number Ooh, one is you, like nev- you never do it where the family is because it's too messy what do you mean like city state block what oh like you, you house know, you like yeah so like if you're gonna kill a guy and you know you don't do it at the house where the family lives you wait for the guy to go to work and you do it there gotcha yeah, that that was like his number one rule. That's just polite. <laughs> uh, uh, just good hitman uh, etiquette. Apparently, there's hitman quorum. Of Who course, <laughs> every hitman has a code. Nice decorum. Yeah, manners. <laughs> decorum. Manners, manners go a long way. Um, even with when how you treat other people is <laughs> the biggest thing in life. Yeah, I don't know if I think he was killed. Yeah, the 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 missing car is weird um he had no physical trauma so it's not like some guy came out of the closet in the motel six and beat the shit out of him or shot him you know it's not like so it had to have been the cocaine that killed him could somebody have like injected some like straight cocaine into his blood system or anything like that i mean they could have i mean like like the cocaine that she brought to the party might have like could have been purposefully potent you know because they knew that he was older unhealthy and they just gave him a lethal dose and yeah don't they mention that he had like a heart problems or something he like that? He had heart disease. Heart disease. I mean, what level? I'm not sure. Or yeah. if it was known or unknown. But like if if Lisa was a part of the hit, you know, if she was hired by Rick Rizzolo, let's, you know, let's just say like she could have brought over. Oh, like once, you know, once a month we meet up and we fuck at this hotel and he likes to do a little bit of drugs and doesn't tell his kids. And, and then if he pays Lisa, you know, Rick does. And then... Mm-hmm. They purposely give him like a bad batch. Then the job's done. She cleans up. She panics, and that's her story. She left, and we were. Yeah. Part, I mean, she she went as far to tell the police that like they were there to fuck. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, she wasn't she wasn't discreet in that regard. She told the story, everything up, and if she mentioned coke and everything, so like it doesn't sound like she withheld too much, even though we know that she knows more than she admitted. She, she could have also just been. Um... Like she could have scored drugs from somebody at the strip club, and they're like, "Yeah, give this to." Like maybe she didn't even know what she was give doing. This to Jim. Yeah, maybe she was just like a, an unknowing middleman assassin. Yes, yeah, that's maybe. true too. Here's the bag. You know, you ask for this every month, but we know who it's for. Yeah, and we're just gonna 
know, have you be the delivery person and you have no clue. Yeah, it's it isn't it's a weird thing, but at the same time, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a guy with heart disease who had a lot of cocaine in his system, way more than the lethal dose. Um, so he, yeah, I don't know. They did a good job if they did. I mean, I will say, uh, and I, I, I will up. agree with the daughters when they make comments about how this the investigation was very very sloppy. Um. Just in the sense that, like, they turned over the room immediately. I was like, "Oh, drug overdose, like, whatever." Uh, yeah, they that, didn't test the they didn't test the cocaine that was in his beard. Yeah, like it was just a very sloppy investigation. Um, they lost evidence, like the we mentioned uh, the burner phone, the unknown silver Motorola. It is cataloged into the evidence inventory, but when the daughters asked about it, they're like, "Well, we, we don't we don't know where it is." Like, and also, written, yeah. and the his actual phone was not on the evidence list which is also weird because it was handed to them immediately so like it, it yeah the daughter had the phone in the in uh, in the yeah, episode like in it. current day she actually had it in her hand she showed the you know she showed the camera so yeah. it, it's one of those things like was it just you know uh, a sad situation that this dude meeting up with his rendezvous to hook up and just partied a little too hard and accidentally fucking no deed and the girl panicked i just think i i mean i i see that possibility being very probable but I just feel like they're. I just feel like the Rick Rizzolo shit is so fucking close to the sun. You know, I know. I feel like it's him getting out the day before, and like the whole property management lawsuit and the racketeering, and the FBI. It's like perfect. They talk about how violent the strip club was too. They they like briefly show a clip of some guy who claims his neck was broken at that strip club. Damn, that must have been one fucking lap dance. Yeah, man. he was in a wheelchair. Some like dude from Nebraska trying to get jerked off. That lap dance must have been so good. He was trying to get a tug. <laughs> Sorry, what did, did, did now, you it's just a, say, now it's a ghost tug. Some tourist dude from Nebraska was just trying to get jerked off. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Yeah, no, I mean, that is what they, they did say he was a tourist. What? <laughs> I mean, I, that's exactly who he was. I mean, it is Vegas. And it's not beat around the bush here. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas unless you snap your neck. It doesn't look like a place Unless that's you like put it on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like a place that was like by the strip or by a touristy area. It looks kind of like, you know, it was If I someone mean, broke my neck at a strip club, I'd still like I'd crawl out of there with my fingernails and just say that like I got hit by a car. <laughs> I still wouldn't tell anybody. Yeah, go especially go on the news and be like, "Oh, I just want to yeah, get a tug. Like, you you have like that robot voice in a wheelchair like I got jerked off and and <laughs> Like, I don't know. I would just say I got hit by a train. Uh, Lane Bryant got me $6 million out of strips. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Now I take it back. I do want to hear this interview. <laughs> right? Oh, shit. Yeah, that's pretty. It's violent. You should be You should be worried. Oh, yeah. I'd fucking crawl I mean, out there and be like, oh, I was hit by a moped. I'd use, my la- I'd use my last working two fingers just to get myself out of the perimeter of the crazy horse, too. Oh man! At least over to the wrestling school, so it's a cool injury, you know. <laughs> yeah, I broke it going off the the belt. I snapped my neck landing wrong in a pile drive, brother. I broke my neck in the parking lot of a wrestling <laughs> school. <laughs> we forgot to mention the guy that had the bleach blonde mustache, um, who was uh, Jim's friend, who reunites. Oh, the friend, with the, yeah. Who reunites with the daughters at the end? Um, yeah, 
it looks like he was a heel because they show a video of him like yelling at him like oh buffalo jim get over here um it's fun it's, it's, was he the one that got beat up by the daughter yeah right yeah <laughs> with the plunger then, at the end um she uh he even calls her little little buff which was her nickname uh which is pretty, yeah they were hugging yeah. in the graveyard uh current day they were going to see uh yeah they went the they reunited at the grave it was really weird when she pulled out that fucking table from behind the tombstone and fucking pile drived him into she it. She just beat him over the head. I saw that part too. It was in the, it was in the extras. Uh, th- this episode was uh, well made. Uh, Sky Borgman directed this one. Who did that crazy documentary? Oh, fuck. They had uh, the uh, the baseball bat covered in barbed wire. It was a. Uh, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> it was used as a flower bed, but uh, I wasn't off, fooled. In honor of Buffalo Jim, they fought in a cage over yeah. his grave. <laughs> they had a couple uh they had a couple light bulbs the fluorescent bulbs <laughs> strapped together behind the the lily oh i fucked that one up the lily bush <laughs> there's a tables ladders and chairs match yeah, yeah. so suddenly as they hu- they hugged in front of the grave a big cage came down yeah exactly and, we're, <laughs> and they fought and emerged the- from the tree and just <laughs> <laughs> surrounded all three of them i always remember watching those i'm like man why do they keep all those chairs under the ring if the wrestlers are just going to use them to hit each other why is there extra chairs very sloppy work yeah seems, seems like there could be a better place unsafe. that they could put those dan just kidding <laughs> um yeah but yeah it sucks either way i mean shit yeah we we definitely didn't solve this one guys but uh thanks for hanging out with us it was it's been a fun episode um I mean, to be fair, I, I have second thoughts now after talking with you guys, but my last note from when I record, when I watched it yesterday was, uh, it was fucking Rick Rizzolo. <laughs> That's my last <laughs> note. <laughs> I still think he's very involved. I think he's very involved. When I first saw it, I was like, oh yeah, this is totally like a mob style hit. But then I started thinking, it's like, why would you do it the day like right after? I would have done it while I was in prison, so I would have a, like an alibi. Well, he was still in the house arrest, so it's not like it was him directly. But know? it was also weird how like <laughs> the the talking voice on fucking unsolved mysteries, like, well, it would be a perfect gift to have him whacked as a congratulations on getting out of jail gift. Yeah, like, this is one like, of the investigators. Somebody said that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and plus, sometimes I feel like these guys are ballsy enough to just be like yeah i fucking did it i'm out and this is my message like i feel like that especially if he was a dangerous jerk off like you were talking about before yeah if he was a mobster but if he was just like you'll watch this like he didn't give a fuck but i feel like his his like the crime scene was so clean to a degree that he just really did die of cocaine like unless you made him do coke which is possible right i mean yeah but like how possible I, i don't know yeah, I mean, just the, the the way that the lady immediately left and there was, like, no residue of him doing cocaine makes it oh, shady. But, yeah, I, I don't really I – don't, I don't know if I have a firm opinion one way or the other. It's There's a lot of weird stuff. I don't think I do either. Both theories are very plausible, which is kind of fucky. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting one. Um, Well-directed as well. Maybe, maybe there's more witnesses out there that hopefully in the coming months – we might see more activity on the reddits or actually if you if you really think about it um on april 1st maybe during the mid part of wrestlemania they might have him come out and uh <gasps> explain his own death fuck uh, dude that would be sick 
if he was just. I like, would subscribe to WWE Network if that was the case. <laughs> April first and April second, Hollywood, California. He yeah, faked see? it. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Vince McMahon rolled out from underneath the queen bed with a suitcase full of cash. <laughs> that was the that was the, the money in the, the bank footage. Match. Yeah, money in the bank. Yeah, and it's all at the top of the cage, and they have to fight for it. Yeah, that, we we know wrestling. Tonight on the road to <laughs> WrestleMania. Apparently, we all know enough. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't watch it, but we know. Yeah, I, tr- a I lot. tried to downplay it earlier, but here we are. So. Um, well, anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Um, we'll be back um, to talk about uh, Navajo Rangers, which is an episode I'm very excited about. Is this a UFO one? It's UFO, Ghost, Bigfoot. It's fucking great. It's uh, everything. Cha- I have not watched it yet. Changelings as well. Oh, you're in for a treat. Uh, these guys are they're Navajo Rangers, and they are like the closest thing to like real life X Files. Um, because yeah, it's great. I don't want to give too much away. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to talk about that one. It's going to be a a long one, I think, because it's kind of in different sections. So yeah, it'll be fun to break that down. And I also think these guys should have their own TV show. It's a shame that there's just a 45 minute episode about them. (laughs) Should it, should, should they be like the new lone gunman? They are like the lone gunman mixed with, uh, no, they're no, because they're, they're like, no. (laughs) <laughs> they're cool they're no, like Dan, actual no. they're actual like navajo uh rangers like they're older dudes who um invest like they they actually anytime somebody has a weird sighting or something paranormal they go and check check it out so they just talk about all their cases and stuff it's awesome dude <laughs> so like the lone rangers well, the Lone Rangers are like freaking nerds that hang out with Scully. They're not actual like <laughs> like law enforcement. They're just dorks that have a friend named Mulder. Sorry, they hang out with Mulder. <laughs> so they're not. Not one of them looks like Garth from, from uh, Wayne's World. <laughs> and that concludes tonight's side podcast. Yeah. The X-Cast. The long, Lone Gunman. Uh, yeah, this was a short-lived The Lone Wayne's World. Lone, lone one-season TV series um, uh, spinoff of the X-Files. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, yep. thanks for listening. Uh, After all that, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Dan Derwin, for joining us as well as Road Dan, who's still here for a little bit longer. Thanks, guys. Love being here. And we'll all be back very soon um, to talk about the Navajo Rangers. And uh, thanks for listening to the Stack Back. For every mystery, there's somebody somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is listening, and perhaps that someone is you. Good night. White Claw.